0: Well, good morning, guys, and welcome to Alpine Church. It's great to have you worshiping with us this morning. And yeah, I just want to say again, if it happens to be your first time here, or if you came last week at Christmas Eve for the first time and you're joining us again, we want to extend a special welcome to you. Uh, My name's John Bellis. I'm the lead pastor at the Alpine Logan Campus. I also have the opportunity to serve on the executive team here at Alpine, and it's great to be worshiping with you this morning. I also want to say good morning to everyone at our West Haven Layton and online campuses, they're joining us virtually this morning for the sermon, so thanks, guys, for joining us today. As I interacted with people at our Christmas Eve services this year, I prayed with a couple who have both recently been laid off within the last two weeks. I prayed with a guy who's just been diagnosed with a pretty serious medical condition. I had a conversation with a gentleman who said, John, I'm going to be a granddad for the first time, and he's so excited for the arrival of his first grandchild, Another brother in Christ shared with me that his son just signed a letter of intent to play football up at Idaho State University, and he's going to be reunited with his older brother who's already playing up there. And you could just see the joy excuse me, and excitement on this guy's face as he was telling me that story. It was such a wide range of emotions and circumstances all in the same day. I think that's pretty indicative of this time of the year. I think that as we head into the new year, it's normal to see a wide range of emotions. How many of you are a little sad to see 2023 come to an end? How many of you can't get to the end of 2023 soon enough, right? Okay, maybe that's more of you. In fact, let's try this. I want you to think about the one word that describes how you're feeling as you head into 2024. So think for a second about one word that would describe it. And on the count of three, I want you to say that word out loud. Okay, one, two, three. Okay, a lot of different answers, right? I think that's normal. Some of you are probably experiencing excitement. Maybe you're starting a new job in the new year, or maybe it's the start of a new semester you're excited for. Maybe this is the first time in a long time you're going to start the new year sober, and so you're excited about that. You're optimistic about that. Maybe for you at this time of the year, you're the New Year's resolution type, and so you're starting with a sense of determination and discipline, at least for a few weeks, right? You have some pounds that you want to lose, or maybe you're committing to spend more time in God's Word, you're committing to spend more time with your family. For others, this time of year is marked with anxiety, it's marked with fear, Maybe you also have been laid off recently, or maybe you're employed right now, but the rumor at where you work is that layoffs are coming. We're heading into an election year. We know what kind of chaos that can bring. Maybe you've also received a a scary health diagnosis. Or maybe you don't really fit into any of those groups, and you would say, actually, John, I'm just pretty apathetic. I don't really have a lot of hope. All my days and years just kind of seem to run together. I don't really have a sense of purpose. Well, no matter which of those groups you would identify with, I think God's Word has something to say to you this morning. And I want to encourage you with Psalm 31, verses 14 and 15. David writes, But I am trusting you, O Lord, saying, You are my God. My future is in your hands. Rescue me from those who hunt me down relentlessly. This is a a psalm of David, and earlier in the psalm, David speaks of a life spent with grief, of years spent sighing. He says that his bones are wasting away, that he has no strength, and that, in fact, he is repulsive to those who know him. Sounds like a pretty desperate situation. But in spite of all that, David made a decision to trust God. That David chose to trust in God. And I love the fact that David lists all of his sorrows first. He didn't forget about them. He didn't pretend that they didn't exist. He didn't check out of reality. He says, no, in spite of all these hardships, I will trust you. He trusted God because he knew God had been faithful time and time again. And he knew God's character. And I would submit that you and I can trust God for those same reasons. We're going to be spending most of our time today in an Old Testament passage as we see the nation of Israel also getting ready to head into the unknown. They're getting ready to enter the promised land. And as we see Moses' charge to them, I think we can take away three truths about how we should enter into 2024, about how we should enter into the unknown. The first one is I think we should enter with thanksgiving. We should enter with courage, and we should enter on mission. So we're going to be in Deuteronomy chapter 29 to start. If you have your Bible with you or have your Bible up on your phone, if you want to follow along, go ahead and turn there. We're going to be in 29 verses 2 and 3. It says, Moses summoned all the Israelites and said to them, You have seen with your own eyes everything the Lord did in the land of Egypt to Pharaoh and to all his servants and his whole country. All the great tests of strength, the miraculous signs, and the amazing wonders. So to give you some context, Moses is giving kind of his final charge to the nation of Israel as they get ready to enter the promised land. And Moses is being very intentional about reminding the Israelites of God's goodness, his provision, and his faithfulness. That the Lord has done powerful things for them. He has delivered them from slavery in Egypt. He's performed miraculous signs and amazing wonders. And he's reminding the Israelites because the Israelites, like us, are so quick to forget the amazing things God had done for them. See, I think it's important that we remind ourselves of God's faithfulness and God's goodness as we head into 2024 because there's something in our fallen nature that wants to focus on the negative. We want to focus on the hardships. We want to focus on the times where we feel like God didn't come through for us. And I have no doubt, for some of you, 2023 was a really rough year. But even then, that God did wonderful things amazing things for you this year. Have you taken any time to reflect on that? Have you thanked Him for His faithfulness in the midst of hardship? One of the traditions my wife and I started several years ago with our family is we have this little jar in the front room of our home and a notepad next to it. And anytime we see God move in a powerful way or anytime He answers a prayer or even sometimes when He just brings joy and laughter in our home because something funny happens, We write it down on that notepad, and we stick it in the jar. And then sometime around New Year's Eve, we sit around together as a family, and we pull those out, and we remember what God has done for us. We're actually going to do that tonight, and I'm really excited about it, because if I'm being honest, if we didn't do that, my focus on 2023 would be about the hardships. It would be about the tough stuff our family dealt with. But this is going to be a great reminder to me of God's faithfulness. In fact, I'm going to be reminded of blessings he brought into my life that I've already forgotten about. I think as a church, we need to do the same thing. We need to remind ourselves how faithful and good God has been to Alpine this year. God has done some amazing things at your campuses. People have come to know the biblical Jesus. We've had baptisms. Marriages have been restored. Leaders have been developed. We got to close on the land and the building for our new permanent location in Syracuse. We met budget for our fiscal year last year. God has used Pastor Eric to lead people in going full circle here in Riverdale while at the same time he's been preparing and refining him for his next journey into the unknown in North Ogden. And God has already been faithful to bring new leadership in as you head into 2024. And Pastor Bill, God is so good. God is so faithful. I want to continue in chapter 29, verses 5 and 8, 5 through 8, excuse me. It says, for 40 years I led you through the wilderness, yet your clothes and sandals did not wear out. You ate no bread and drank no wine or other alcoholic drink. But he provided you food so you would know that he is the Lord your God. Now think about this for a second. The Israelites were wandering in the wilderness because of their rebellion. It was their lack of faith the first time they stood at the border of the promised land that caused them to be in the wilderness, and yet God still cared for them. God still provided for them. It says that their clothes and sandals never wore out. I think that miracle is second only to the resurrection. (laughs) Like I have four kids. I can't get their clothes to last one school year. I don't don't know what brand they were buying, but they obviously don't make it anymore. (laughs) See, for some of us, 2023 was a really tough year. And for some of you, that was due to circumstances beyond your control. It was just simply the result of living in a broken and fallen world. But for some of us, if we're honest, the reason 2023 was so tough is because of consequences for choices we made. It's because we made poor decisions. It's because we were disobedient. But even in that, God was still faithful to us. God still cared for us. God still brought us through that because that's the kind of God that He is. Then Moses continues with this list of amazing things that God had done for them. He says, when we came here... King Sihon of Heshbon and King Og of Bashan came out to fight against us, but we defeated them. We took their land and gave it to the tribes of Reuben and Gad and to the half-tribe of Manasseh as as their grant of land. See, although they hadn't crossed the Jordan yet, the Israelites had already been victorious in battles that they had no reason to win. They had already conquered nations who were more powerful and stronger than them. And it would be important for Moses to remind them of that as they had... So the Israelites had so many reasons to be grateful, just like you and I do. No matter how tough 23 was for you, if you're a believer, you can have gratitude that God called you to be a daughter or son. You can have gratitude that your sins have been forgiven. You can have gratitude that you're going to get to spend eternity with Him, and that trumps anything we might have dealt with in 2023 and if you're not a follower of Jesus you can be thankful that God desires you to know him in a personal way Then, in spite of your rebellion in spite of your sin he still would like to draw you to himself once we've taken some time to thank God the next way I think we need to enter into 2024 is with courage See, we can move forward into the unknown with courage because nothing is unknown to the God that we serve. Psalm 147.5 says, How great is our Lord! His power is absolute. His understanding is beyond comprehension. I don't know about you, but it seems like over the last few years, so many things have happened that have caught me off guard. Things that I wasn't ready for, things that I don't even understand, still don't understand some of the things that we've dealt with over the last several years. I take so much comfort that nothing has caught God off guard. That anything that's happened, he's allowed to happen. That he not only knows what's going to happen in 2024, he is sovereign over it. That in a world that seems so chaotic, he is in control. And everything that happens, he is going to use to accomplish his purposes. Moses continues his charge In chapter 31, verse 8, he says, Do not be afraid or discouraged, for the Lord will personally go ahead of you. He will be with you. He will neither fail you nor abandon you. There are actually five different exhortations in chapter 31 alone to be strong and courageous or to not be afraid and discouraged. And in a world where I think things are becoming more and more hostile to the things of God and to His church, I think that command echoes to us. Be strong. Be courageous. Do not be afraid and do not be discouraged as you head into the new year. If ever there was a reason to be discouraged and afraid, the Israelites had it. Like They were literally getting ready to go into war with nations who were bigger and stronger and more powerful than they were. But Moses knew God was going in ahead of them. And Moses knew that God was faithful and that God would not abandon them so they could be strong and courageous. Now, in the context of Deuteronomy 31, God is speaking specifically to the nation of Israel, and He's speaking to them as they head into the Promised Land. But I believe this reveals something about the character of the God that we serve. And we see other promises in Scripture that God will never leave us or forsake us. Hebrews 13.5, for example says, keep your lives free from the love of money and be content with what you have because God has said, never will I leave you, never will I forsake you. That's a promise we can claim. Another passage, Psalm 139, verse 5, says, you go before me and you follow me. You place your hand of blessing on my head. I love this image from Psalm 139, that God goes before me, but he also follows me. He surrounds me. He hymns me in in his protection. He's going to face anything that comes up before I do, and nothing can sneak up from behind me. That gives you so much comfort. Do you remember when you had to go someplace really scary as a kid, like just someplace you didn't want to go, but if mom or dad were with you, all of a sudden it changed everything? Like There were places that I remember I wouldn't walk as a kid by myself, but if my dad was with me, it was no big deal. Well, Dad is going with us into 2024, so be strong and courageous. You know, if you're a follower of Jesus, God the Spirit actually lives within you. He's there 24 seven. You are never alone. God always is there for you. Moses continues this charge in chapter 31, We're in verses 1 through 5. Now, it says when Moses had finished giving these instructions to all the people of Israel, he said. I am now 120 years old, and I am no longer able to lead you. The Lord has told me, you will not cross the Jordan River. So not only are the Israelites having to cross into the promised land and take on these nations that are bigger and more powerful, Moses isn't going with them. The guy that has led them for the last 40 plus years, the guy who has been the mediator between them and the Lord, isn't going in. No wonder he's reminding them to be strong and courageous. See, when you look at the timing, I'm sure they thought, this is the worst time for Moses to lead, or to leave, excuse me. If ever we needed Moses to lead us, it's now. Which is a great reminder to you and me that any time our trust rests on anything or anyone other than God, it's misplaced. Our trust should be solely on the Lord. He continues, but the Lord your God himself will cross over ahead of you. He will destroy the nations living there, and you will take possession of their land. Joshua will lead you across the river, just as the Lord promised. The Lord will destroy the nations living in the land. The Lord will hand over to you the people who live there, and you must deal with them as I have commanded you. There was a lot of work to be done the Israelites needed to enter the unknown on mission. Just like we need to enter the unknown on mission. See, I think sometimes we believe in error that once the Israelites crossed the Jordan, the journey was basically over, but in a lot of ways, the work was just beginning. They had to displace seven nations who were more powerful and stronger than they were. The Hittites, the Canaanites, the Girgashites, the Amorites, the Perizzites, the Hivites, the Mennonites. I made that last one up, and nobody even caught that. The men in tights, really, guys? you got to pay attention. (laughs) Moses reminds them that God is going over ahead of them, that God is the one who's going to destroy these nations. God is the one who's going to do the heavy lifting. But they had to take possession of the land. They had to do the idolatrous nations in that area. They had to work hard. They had to be committed to the task. See, the same holds true for us in 2024. God's going to do the heavy lifting, but we have to be committed to the task. There are people in our lives who need to hear the good news about Jesus. There are new believers in Jesus who need to grow in their faith. There are physical needs that need to be met. Again, God will do the heavy lifting, but he wants to use us, his church, to be instruments of that. So I ask you this morning, church, are you ready to work? Are you ready to be on mission? Are you ready to help people pursue God? That's how we need to enter 2024. If you've been coming to Alpine for any amount of time, I hope you know that our first core value is that we look to God and His Word in all that we do. And I really believe how well we live out that first core value this year is going to determine how well we stay on mission. 2 Timothy 3.16, one of my favorite verses, says, All Scripture is God-breathed and is useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting, and training in righteousness so that the servant of God may be thoroughly equipped for every good work. If we have work to do, we better be equipped. We better be in the Word of God. Moses knew the importance of God's Word as he prepared to release the Israelites to Joshua's leadership. He talks about it still in Deuteronomy 31. It says, So Moses wrote this entire body of instruction in a book, and he gave it to the priests who carried the ark of the Lord's covenant and to the elders of Israel. Moses loved God's word, and Moses knew the importance of passing it on to the next generation of leaders. In fact, it's a command. If we backed up several chapters to Deuteronomy 17, Moses is talking to the nation of Israel. And he says, hey, when you guys get in and you get settled, you're going to want a king, just like the nations around you have. And it's a bad idea. You shouldn't want it, but you're not going to listen, so God's going to give you what you want. And he gives this command as a new king takes the throne. It is to be with him and he is to read it all the days of his life so that he may learn to revere the Lord as God and follow carefully all the words of this law and these decrees. And this wasn't limited to just the first king of Israel. This was supposed to happen every time a new king took the throne. Moses talks about why this is so important, still in 31. It says, Then Moses gave them this command, You must read this book of instruction to all the people of Israel when they assemble before the Lord your God, at the place he chooses. Call them all together, men, women, children, and the foreigners living in your town, so they may hear this book of instruction and learn to fear the Lord your God and carefully obey all the terms of these instructions. Do this so that your children who have not known these instructions will hear them and will learn to fear the Lord your God. Do this as long as you live in the land you are crossing the Jordan to occupy. Moses gives this book of instruction to the priests. They're supposed to be ministering the Word of God throughout the nation of Israel. And then every seven years as the people come together, they're supposed to be a public reading of the Word of God so that all the men, women, children, and foreigners who don't know these instructions can hear them and learn to fear the Lord. So how did they do with that? Are they obedient? Well, the first time in Scripture we see a public reading of the word after the nation of Israel enters the promised land is in Joshua chapter 8, verse 30. The next time we see it is in the reign of King Jehoshaphat, 500 years later. And then the next time we see it after that is in the reign of King Josiah, 250 years after Jehoshaphat. Now, there could have been other times God's Word was read in public, but it wasn't recorded. But the fact that those two were recorded indicates it wasn't the norm. It wasn't typical. No wonder the nation of Israel drifted so often. They didn't know the Word of God. They weren't reading it. See, we take for granted how blessed you and I are to have the Word of God on our phones. We can have it with us 24-7 but I worry that some of us are on the Moses reading plan that we break it out once every seven years. And I'm glad you didn't laugh at that because I thought about how I'd respond if you laughed because it's not funny if that's the situation. Like, how are our kids going to know that they need a Savior if we don't read God's Word to them? How are our kids going to know that there's a God who loves them so much that He sent His Son to die on the cross for their sins? How are our kids going to know that He has a purpose for them, that He calls them by name, that He knows the number of hairs on their heads? If we don't commit regular time to God's Word this year, not only will we not be on mission, we're going to begin to be conformed to the patterns of this world. That's what Scripture says. That's the default. If you don't renew your mind in God's Word, you will begin to look more and more like the world around us. All of our campuses are starting a new reading plan at the beginning of the year. They, they made it in the announcement a few minutes ago. If you haven't signed up for that, I want to challenge you to be a part of the reading plan. We use the YouVersion Bible app and we do it. So not only do you get to read God's Word, but you can write down questions that you have on it. You can share thoughts about what God is teaching you. You get to hear what others are being taught. It's a great way to be in God's Word together in community, just like the Israelites were supposed to do. See, the nation of Israel had their marching orders. They had work to do, and we have our marching orders. Jesus gave us our marching orders before he left this earth in what we call the Great Commission, Matthew 28, 18 through 20. It says, Jesus came and told his disciples, I have been given all authority in heaven and on earth. Therefore, go and make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Teach these new disciples to obey all the commands I have given you and be sure of this, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. The Great Commission isn't a suggestion, it's a commandment. Jesus couldn't have been more clear about what our marching orders are. And he starts out this great commission by reminding everyone who is listening that all authority in heaven and on earth had been given to him. This is a preemptive way to cut off any excuses. Because he has all authority in heaven and on earth, he has the right to tell us to do whatever he wants to tell us to do. And he tells us to go make disciples. And just like God the Father promised to go with the nation of Israel into the promised land, Jesus promises to go with us to the end of the age. That as we're on mission, Jesus is right there with us, comforting us, supporting us, giving us wisdom. See, we're supposed to be sharing the good news with the lost. We're supposed and I want you to know we're as believers to obey everything that God has commanded. As leaders at Alpine, I want you to know we're as committed to this mission as ever. And I think you are too. You know why? Because I see more and more people coming to Jesus. I see more and more people getting connected with a mentor. I see more and more people discipling someone else. More and more people getting into small groups. More and more people being invitational. God has placed us in this time and in this place for a reason and what a privilege to be here we're in a season of harvest in utah i've lived here 30 years i've never seen anything like the environment that we're in right now and we get to be a part of it let's not miss out on that opportunity i want to close by speaking to those of you who maybe identified with that fourth group back at the beginning of the sermon that you would say your attitude going into 2024 is just apathy you don't really care You don't really have any purpose. You don't feel like your life has any meaning. The days just seem to blend together. You know, in John 10.10, Jesus says, I have come that they may have life and have it abundantly. That God loves you so much that he sent his son to die on the cross for your sins. See, currently you're separated from God. Currently your sins separate you from the perfect and holy God who created you, and you can't do anything about it on your own. But when you recognize you need a Savior, when you come to Him and you confess your sins and you ask for forgiveness and you say, Jesus, I want to go your way now. I want you to take control. The Bible says something really amazing happens. that You become a new creation. That now all of a sudden you're a part of the adopted family of God, that you have purpose and you have meaning. And if you want to talk more about that, if you have questions about that, we'll have leaders up front after the service. We'd love to have that conversation with you. Let's pray. Lord God, we thank you that we can enter into the new year with courage and with thanksgiving and that we can be on mission because of everything you've done for us, God. So we love you. We lift all this up in the name of Jesus. Amen.